Hello, and welcome to Unknowable, the podcast where we talk about all things mysterious, unusual, or unknowable. I'm Justine. And I'm Gray. Some weeks we break down one larger mystery between the two of us. Other weeks we pick two smaller mysteries on a theme and teach each other about them based on our own independent research. If you want to help support Unknowable, go on Apple Podcast, subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. Um, check us out on Instagram at Unknowable, and check out our Patreon. Um, right now we have a limited edition Mothman block print that is available to patrons. Um, and keep checking back in on Patreon because we're always going to add new stuff and have new kind of giveaways on there. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. This is like our first first subscribers, first patrons giveaway right. for the Mothman print. So that's, you want to grab that up because once they're gone, they're gone. They're gone. So turns out block prints are really hard to make. They are. At least they, the block is hard to make. Right. Doing the print is relatively not easy, but it's easier than having to carve. Yeah. So you, man, you fuck up one line of the block print and it's yeah, done. You're done. You start over. It took Gray a while to make that block. Yeah. And then I like stupidly was like, oh, we could do a different one every month. And Gray was like, ah, uh, maybe not. Probably could. <laughs> if, could. I, if it was like my full-time job. Yeah. If I, I had no it. job and nothing else to do, yes. Yeah. But yeah, not so much. Yeah. That's so a cool idea. Maybe, maybe we'll someday. Have, maybe we'll have more block prints in the future. But yeah. for now, grab the Mothman print. Yeah. While it's still available. Yep. We had a winner for our contest that's getting a block print. So that's going to be cool. Yeah. We've got three patrons so far. Yeah. So this is a big deal. It is a big deal. We really should have started the Patreon a long time ago. Yeah. But. Thank you to our patrons. Yes. If you're listening, shouts out. Shout out. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> we love all of you. All, all of three fans. of you. Yes. So. All right. Today, not really sure how to categorize these totally. Yeah. But they're weird phenomenon. I mean, I guess most things we talk about are. Right. But they're somewhat linked. Both of them kind of have a government conspiracy link-ish. I think after listening to this episode, you will understand why these are sort of like spiritually linked in Mm. a way. Yeah. Um, Maybe not like directly linked to one another, but like they make sense in an episode together. Yeah. It's, It's really hard, it turns out, to have a huge list of unknowable topics yeah. and sometimes pair them. Yeah. We spend a lot of time, like we'll find one that we want to do that we know is like a more bite-sized phenomenon that we won't be able to talk about the two of us in length. Right. And then we're kind of scanning the list, like what goes with this? Right. Which is kind of nice because you can do a whole lot of things. Like they both took place in the winter. Like you can get really vague, but right. this is definitely one of our slightly more vague connections, but it works. Yeah, it's okay. It always works out in the end. It does. Yeah. And it's just a good vehicle for us to talk about weird shit. Exactly. So. We just wanted to put these two together, and they just can't be talked about on their own because just aren't extensive enough. Right. So you're going first with a thing that I have heard of. Like, I know the name, but I don't think I really know anything else about it. Okay. Which is going to be really exciting. All right. You ready? Yeah. So I researched a video game that came out in the 1980s called Polybius. Yes. So sounds like any normal thing. Video game, 80s. Arcade, think of like arcades, like the height of the arcade craze. Um, so you couldn't, I mean, you could play video games in your house, but most people would go to a social gathering place of the arcade to play games. Um, and this game, Polybius, was supposedly released for only one month in the year 1981. Whoa. And there was a bunch of weird shit that happened with it. Hmm. Um, so it was released in the suburbs of Portland, Oregon. 
um, at what was described as backwater arcades. So not like big fancy ones in like Seattle or Portland, like just kind of these little dive arcades that had like, you know, the dedicated small community around them. Mm-hmm. Um, they were just like classic, like arcade, um, oh shoot, ca- ar- arcade cabinets okay. with like a screen and I th- it either had a joystick and a button or even in some cases just a single button, depending on who you talk to. Hmm. Um, the gameplay is much debated about what, what it actually, like, what the game was. Like, what you did in the game. Um, it could have been a puzzle game. It could have been a shooter game. What? Nobody really knows. That's that's pretty widely debated. Then. Right. Oh, yeah. Those are not similar. No, not at all. The only thing that is sort of, like, accepted as definitely was there was a combination of what's called raster and vector graphics. Okay. Which is just two totally, essentially two totally different types of graphic interfaces. And in 1981, it was impossible to combine the two. Hmm. So the fact that this game combined those two concepts in graphics was like a big deal. Um, and there was, it was, the gameplay was described as really intense, cutting edge. Um, like it looked almost like laser geometric shapes hmm. that would like sort of like, like roll and morph towards the screen. So it causes, it was like this really like trippy, bright light geometric game Damn. of undetermined origin. Weird. Um, so it was just sort of brought in and dropped in to these arcades and nobody really knows where they came from. Um, it was supposedly made by a company called Sinislosion. Oh. Right. Sinislosion. Sin- like Sinister Explosion? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's so it's it's German. 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 It's German. Yes. Um, it's German for the two, it's two words, basically. It's a portmanteau of two words in German, sense and delete. So the idea is like delete senses, Whoa. sensory deprivation. Whoa. Um, so it's it's like almost idiomatic German to where it, it's not like, it's hard to translate literally. Interesting. But yeah, so the company is roughly sensory deprivation. Um, it was supposedly copyrighted in 1981, but no copyright exists for it. Whoa. Um and the the sort of like crazy thing about it was that the game was extremely addictive. Mm. Kids would play it for hours and hours on end. There would be lines out the arcade for this game. Um, people would go through withdrawals when they weren't Whoa. playing it. Holy shit! They had physical symptoms such as amnesia, insomnia, night terrors, hallucinations, and seizures. Holy crap! From both playing the game and the sort of withdrawals after playing the game for like a long period of time. So it was just a really, like, intense experience for your brain to play this game. Um, And supposedly, men in black would come to the arcade. They would open up the cabinet, like how would happen with normal games, except they weren't taking the quarters out. They were just, like, retrieving data from the game. Whoa. And leaving the quarters and then just leaving. So it would be these, like, men in black coming in just to see, like, what the data was. Holy shit. Um... And after the arcade, it was in the arcades for a little over a month, um, Men in Black came and wheeled the games out, and they were never seen again. What? So that's, like, the facts of the story. Yeah. So the idea is, this game shows up, sketchy stuff goes on, like, with these Men in Black, and then it's just gone. And the, 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 the thought by many in the paranormal community is that this game was a government-sponsored experiment 
to either work on mind control. Somebody said that like the um, the graphics were very like conducive towards putting subliminal messages into the game and try to like imprint something on your mind while you're playing it. Jesus. Which is why people had such physical like symptoms from playing this game because it was literally like tapping into your your subconscious and like your your cerebellum and just Jesus like Christ. taking control. So it was almost like a mind control game. Um, and it sounds almost like it wasn't successful. Mm. Um, you know, the fact that people would have these, like, extreme, like, amnesia, insomnia, seizures, it sounds like that wouldn't be an ideal mind control device because right. it just has a lot of, like, negative symptoms that wouldn't be conducive towards using mind control on a mass scale. And um, potentially arousing suspicion. Right. The fact that, like, we're talking about it right now shows that it didn't actually, you know, work really well because... Yeah. Otherwise, it would have just slipped under the radar and nobody would have really noticed. And that game would be in every everybody's house right now. It would be released on Xbox 360. Yeah. Polybius. Shit. Yeah. That's wild. So, I have to say, there's some consensus that this may or may not have been a real thing. Of course. Of course. It was maybe invented on an internet forum in the early 90s. Um, but there's... The, the the what struck me about it is that like if this was a true government mind control experiment there wouldn't be evidence of it anywhere they would have really tried to scrub it from the sort of like public domain that's true so if it was copyrighted in 1981 the government could easily just like delete a copyright get rid of that so yeah. that you never had any like a paper trail of it this company Sinistlosion doesn't seem to exist in any like real like way but again, that would could just be like a CIA cover, like exactly. whatever shadowy, deep government organization created this. Yeah. Um, and the government has a long history of mind control. Um, you know, back in the 1940s, 50s, and 60s, the MK Ultra. Yeah. Which we're, we're going to do a whole episode on. Future someday, episode, yeah. For sure. But <laughs> for sure. Crib, the, the, the cliff notes is that it was basically a government mind control experiment where they used LSD and other hallucinogenic drugs to try to create a truth serum so that they could, you know, get people to tell their deepest, darkest secrets. Which is fascinating. Right. Which can't, may have can't wait. represented some people's deaths and everything. But um, so this actually, like, documented fact happened. Yeah. And this was roughly 20 years later. And in the whole MKUltra only came to light in 1975. So this would be about six years later. Mm. And so it's conceivable that after the whole MKUltra thing got blown up by the, the media, um, they were taking more clandestine ways of, you know, testing out their mind control experiments. Yeah. So I have no doubts that that happens on a semi-regular basis in various different ways. I agree. How easy would it be through means like TV and right. radio and online, for right. that matter? I mean, Jesus Christ. Right. Like, Shit. I would be surprised if this wasn't real. Yeah. If if not specifically Polybius, then some other kind of vehicle that we, we don't even know about. Yeah. Maybe it's still on TV nowadays. Right, exactly. Because, you know, I guess the, the only thing that's missing from the whole Polybius story is sort of a, like, a, a, a reason or, like, a stated, like, sort of, like, mission for yeah. it. Um, like, what were they trying to mind control these kids for? Um you know, it's up for debate. I honestly wonder sometimes with, like, the government mind control stuff and experiments if, like, sometimes they aren't just seeing what they can right. do and get away with. Right. 
seeing what they could achieve or like they have like an inkling of an idea for something and they're just like, let's just see what this does. Fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just try it out because they have the capabilities of scrubbing it clean. Oh yeah. And making it disappear. So like, why not just try it out? And it may, like maybe if like, you know, proof of concept, like, oh, we can make somebody believe something based on playing a video game, then like, we don't know what we're going to do with it yet, but we'll keep that in our back pocket because yeah. who knows what we're going to need for in the future. future applications. Right. Shit. Which it's also proven that the U.S. government uses video games to train soldiers. Mm. They play like Call of Duty. Um, a few, I think it was like a drone program. They used this like really complicated controller for the drones and soldiers were like, well, why don't we just use like an Xbox 360 controller because they were so used to using it. Oh, wow. And so they, they like retro modified an Xbox 360 controller to control these drones and Whoa. it was way easier for soldiers to do because they're used to that kind of thing playing video games. Right. So U.S. government has a history of using video games in war applications yep. and mind control experiments. Yeah, they just merge the two. You merge those two and it's not like it's not, it's not a really far leap to make. No. That's a creepy as hell story too. Right. Just that this just appeared for a month mm-hmm. only in this one area. Right. That's the, probably the creepier part to me for some reason that it was just like this one area of this one state right. for a month. Right. Such a short amount of time. Like one of those things that, again, I don't really wish that I had been there to play that game because it sounds like it was probably unpleasant right. for a lot of people. But <laughs> one of those things where you're like, man, like there's probably so few people right. who played that game. Right. And I, I wonder if some of them can't even remember now. Right. I was wondering too if maybe... Um, you know, the whole idea of the mandala effect. Mm. Maybe we shifted into another sort of like realm or what's the word? A new um, dimension Mm. from the one that we were in that contained Polybius. So now there's no history of it because it was left behind in the other dimension. And there's another dimension where people are still playing it. Right. And the world looks totally different. It'd be wild. And it's it's been referenced in a lot of like... um, sort of like it's, it's like a cultural touchstone in some ways for nerds <laughs> of course like, there's an episode of the of uh not the x-files of um the simpsons oh yeah where they're in like an arcade and it's just like a there's just a cabinet in the back and it just has polybius and it just has one button damn so that's awesome right man i love that stuff right that was interesting that was maybe a cooler one than my topic really yeah. i don't know i think your topic's pretty cool too it's it's interesting it's not no video games though yeah but has slightly the, at least one theory of government involvement. Um, so how much do you know about the hum? The hum. So I vaguely know that there's, it's almost similar to like tinnitus that some people hear where they hear a droning or a hum yep. constantly mm-hmm. and they can't figure out the source of it. Yep. Um, I think there's an episode of the X-Files that maybe vaguely deals with the hum. Yep. And that's about it. That's about it. That's pretty good, though. Yeah. That's pretty good. So I'm, I'm going to refer to it as the hum because I think it's probably more commonly known as, like, the Taos hum. Okay. Which is one of the sort of communities that it largely exists in and, like, kind of somewhat originated from. Taos? Taos, New Mexico. Oh, okay. Um, New Mexico. Yeah. I know, right? Roswell. Yeah. There's all kinds of weird shit happening there. Hmm. Um, so essentially, it's it's this phenomena involving widespread reports of this persistent and invasive low frequency it's described in a bunch of different ways like a humming a rumbling hmm. um or a droning noise that not all people can hear if anything very few people can hear um but enough that it's widespread reported it's all over the world right um it seems to have been first reported in the late 70s there's also so there's the hum is kind of the collective name for 
it in general. Right. But yeah, there's the Taos hum. This in the 70s was the Bristol hum in the UK. Right. Um, there's all kinds of different sort of communities. Um, so yeah, it's often referred to with a prefix of the name where it originated in that area. So it seems to be like there's certain communities where it's more prevalent. Right. Um, so, and people who are able to he- detect it are referred to as hearers. Okay. So, um, and despite it, yeah, reported worldwide, it has received fairly little media attention, though it was on Unsolved Mysteries, of course. Classic. Um, yes, it did make an appearance in the X-Files, the episode with Brian Cranston, where Mulder has to like drive him. I think they have to drive West. West, yeah. Otherwise he gets like that awful pain in his head. Oh, and then in the end it's like head explodes. His head doesn't explode. They end up solving it, but it was his wife. Yeah. Who initially, and like in that episode, like the noise kind of transfers to people yeah. in a way because his wife had had it and he, initially Brian Cranston was driving his wife mm-hmm. because she was having this terrible pain and he finally figured out that he needed to drive her or whatever. Or actually, he must not have really figured it out because, but her head ended up, ended up exploding because they got pulled over by the police and oh, yeah. it was a whole thing. Um, but Mulder kind of mentioned the Taos home. He, that whole episode ended up being that it was some type of government thing that they were doing that was like causing this low frequency there was like they ended up going to somebody's house where like i think her dog was dead and like the bird was dead but she was fine because she was deaf yeah um but it was some type of like underground thing that was causing this in this community yeah um and of course like they hit a dead end and nobody would give them any answers but classic x-files Mulder referred to hypothesized that extremely low frequency radio waves quote may be behind the so-called taos hum it's kind of cool. And it was in an episode of Criminal Minds. Some dude went on a killing spree after his wife killed herself yep. from hearing it. Which I didn't see the episode, but I was like, ooh. Um, so the one essential element in all the reports basically is the low frequency sound. Right. Though it's described in many different ways. Some people compare it to like a distant diesel engine idling um, or another like similar low pitch sound where like I think most people have experienced it at least temporarily in the sense that you might like hear a weird noise in your house and then you're like, oh, the fridge is just being weird mm-hmm. or some piece of electronic equipment is on that isn't usually on and it's just making like a buzzing. Right. Um, but generally these people have like ruled out that those types of reasons, but some refer to it as like a whirring noise, a buzzing, or even like a high pitched squeal. Oof. It's terrible. That'd be awful. Yeah. Um, other common elements, um, yeah, it's perceived by some people, but not all, of course. Some hear it only or much more often inside buildings as compared with outdoors. Hmm. Some perceive actual like physical vibrations they can feel in their body when they hear it. Many people report that earplugs do not decrease it. Some even say that they make it worse, which is awful. Um, it seems to be possible for some hearers anyways to move away from it. One guy in New Mexico reported that its range was like 48 kilometers so he was able to get far enough away that he couldn't hear it. Huh. Um, there are people even who have just visited Taos, New Mexico, who have heard it while they were there and didn't hear it when they left, which is Weird. creepy to me. That's super creepy. Um, and then some say they only hear it at home while others hear it everywhere they go. So all those factors really vary. The only consistent thing is this low frequency noise. Hmm. Um, so there's actually a map online. Somebody started a whole database of this information. So you can go look an entire like world map and it's kind of like a google map where there's like pins everywhere yeah you can see where there's huge clusters of it you can click on every pin on the map and read it seems like they send like a questionnaire to people who submit that they hear it 
And there's like all kinds of data, like their gender and their age, but they even have questions like, when is the sound the loudest during the day? Have you tried to track down the source? What direction does it seem to come from? Like a bunch of other questions. Yeah. Um, I did find two people in Portland who hear some variation of the hum, which is interesting. Um, and other people in Maine. Weirdly enough, there were only like two or three in like the top third or so of Maine. Yeah. But like the lower two thirds had a bunch. So you can click all over Maine and find people. I mean, that probably corresponds, I mean, not to like, you know, guess, but maybe like, because there's more people in the bottom two thirds of Maine. Probably, yeah. So like more like... If you looked at population for that top third, I bet there's not <laughs> it's like 10 too people. many people. Yeah, there's like a lot of animals, but... Yeah. Interesting. Um, but the United States is covered in pins. Strangely enough, the vast majority are both on the right half of the country and on the West Coast. There's like this whole section kind of between like Nevada and like the left half of Oklahoma, like that whole chunk of the United States, like yeah. really doesn't have that many, huh. which is weird. And I feel like I've kind of seen that area of the United States like come up in other situations, like even looking at like UFO reports and stuff. Like there yeah. is a section of the United States that for some reason like misses a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Um, like a dead zone. Yeah. It's really weird. Like it was just weird looking. It wasn't, you know, like nothing right there, but it was like relative to the right half of the country in particular, like just covered with overlapping pins. And then this one chunk, like there's whole swaths of area where there's nothing. Hmm. So I don't know what that's Maybe about. Maybe that corresponds to um, population as well. It could. I mean, it was a lot of like states like Montana, yeah. which also that Montana, I feel like came up when we were doing, um, was that the episode with uh, like with lamb? Yeah. And um, Kenneth Arnold. Oh, yeah. I think like there was something where like it just missed Montana for some yeah, reason. Like almost like skirted around it. Something about Montana. Interesting. I wonder. Which, either like, good or bad. I don't know. Ley lines or some sort of like parallel. Oh, yeah. I just added ley lines to our topic list. Yeah. Actually, somebody suggested it. Nice. And I had like vaguely heard of them and I don't know why they weren't coming up when I was like looking for topics, but right. I added them. So, yeah. So, um. There's a number of audio reproductions of the hum online, as well as one purported recording. Um, in 2006, a computer engineering scientist at Massey University in Auckland, New Zealand, Tom Moir, um, believed he had made several recordings of the Auckland hum. Again, there's many hums. Very specific ones. Um, he was investigating reports of the Auckland hum with a fellow scientist when, um, yeah, they were just they just got curious about it and were like, what the heck is going on? And when local news reported that they were investigating, they were, like, inundated with phone calls from people who had also heard the hum. Wow. Which is interesting. Um, so they did studies in Taos, New Mexico, prompted by affected local residents actually reporting their concerns to Congress. Like, oh, wow. that's how big of a deal this was. Like, this was in, like, the early 90s. Right. When this was first in New Mexico. Um, the studies indicated that at least 2% of people could hear it. Each hearer at different frequencies. Um... It was approximately equal, like, male and female hearers. Um, Middle-aged people were more likely to hear it, which was interesting, just hmm. because a lot of, like, the sound, the auditory-related issues that would come up with something like tinnitus or any other physical, like, medical issue that would cause things like that are right. more afflicting older people. So it was interesting that, like, it was a lot of people between, like, 30 and 55. So, like, not really the the age range of people who would typically have... Like a tonight. hearing disorder. Interesting. Um, yeah, they put sensitive equipment in the homes of some of the hearers, but nothing odd was detected. Um, and about 62% of hearers perceive the hum between like 8 p.m. and 9 a.m. So it's it's often a nighttime thing, but not always. Some people hear it all day. Some people just hear it in the mornings. Like, it varies. 
Um, and then th those who live in like either rural or suburb areas are more likely to hear it than city dwellers, possibly because there's a lot more background noise in general in the city. So, um, and they also did a similar study in, so in the 70s was the Bristol hum. Right. And they did a similar study there with very similar results. So. Weird. Interesting. It's like so, weirdly consistent and inconsistent. Exactly. Like, and like when I get into the possible reasons, like you'll see that there's like a million different things that could cause it. Right. And I haven't really, in my mind, can't like pin down a particular one hmm. as being like the one reason behind everybody's. Right. Like I'm, as you're speaking, I'm trying to like imagine what I think could be the answer and it keeps shifting as you add more information. Yeah. Yeah. There's basically like every possible reason is like, yeah, that, that could be a thing. Like I really feel like a lot of these theories could apply to everybody in the sense that you could break up like every person who hears it into like one of 10 categories. Hmm. So it's very confusing. Um, but there's a lot of reported symptoms of people who hear the hum, headaches, dizziness, nausea, nosebleeds, anxiety, depression, paranoia, and even there's been attempted suicide oh, wow. from hearers who were just going crazy. If I heard like a high-pitched like whirring or whatever I yeah. all the time and nothing would get rid of it, I might, I might consider suicide as well. That it would freak you out. terrible. Yeah. It's this awful. Also reminding me a little bit about Dyatlov Pass. Yeah. The... The, like, infrasound and, like, the causing of anxiety and, yep. like, stress reaction. These people are freaking out. Interesting. And understandably so, because it just sounds terrible. Like, I think I told you <clears throat> off recording recently that, like, I was convinced for, like, a day that I was hearing it. <laughs> Did not help that I already knew what it was. And I was like, oh, shit. Because, right. like, everybody who's heard it, it's not like they've heard it their whole life. It just one day. Right. They started hearing it. Um, Interesting. So, yeah, I was convinced that I was hearing it one day. I was in my house. And yeah, I could hear, it really did. It sounded like an engine idling where it was like you, you just wanted it to just turn off, like the engine to turn off and then be like, oh, okay, it's gone. Right. But it just wouldn't happen. And I was freaking out. I'm like in the house and I'm like going all around the whole house and I'm like, I feel like I can hear it better here, but not as much here, but I can hear it everywhere. I like plugged my ears. I could still kind of hear it. I was like, oh my God, this is it. Like, Jeez. this is my life. Yeah. And then when I looked up the street and there were these two like construction vehicles that were sitting and like idling and I was like okay that must be it right but then I went and did some errands around town and I could like still hear it in some areas and I was like what is happening wow. it was like I could hear it with the windows up but like also with the windows down but I think I just happened to catch a day when there was like a lot of construction stuff going on like they were doing a lot of road work just a lot of like vehicles around right and I'm sure I was like also just focused on it yep. that whole day because I remember like the next day I woke up and still had that residual like shit can I hear it damn and I really couldn't and I was like okay thank god but it was a, it was a day of like oh fuck here like we, here we go this is it um so there is skepticism into whether or not it's an actual physical sound right in 2009 the head of audiology at this hospital in Cambridge said that he believed that um about a third of the time people hearing the hum was like from the physical world but that like two thirds were just um people just focusing too much on kind of innocuous sounds and you know couldn't hear anything else right as a result like just that kind of thing so his research kind of focused on like using psychology and relaxation techniques to minimize that whole phenomenon just because you could just find a noise in your life and just focus in on it yeah focus in on it like crazy hmm. um so that was kind of his thought 
And just in general, people think that if you heard a weird noise that you could just track it down. But with there being like hundreds of sources, like insects oh, yeah. and wind and, you know, trains and traffic and mining and other industries, like large machines, boats, right. planes, like you could, it's not possible always just to like go find that thing. Right. Especially if it's something that could be like miles away from you. Mm -hmm. You can't just walk in the direction of where you think it's coming from and just like, oh, there it is. Yeah. Like imagine if you lived like on the, on, on, in like a town, on the outskirts of your town, there was a mine and like a... In that mine, there was, like, those giant excavator machines excavating. Yeah. You know, and it would make sense, like you were saying, some people listened or heard it, like, between, like, 8 and 11 or whatever. Yeah. Like, maybe that's, like, when the excavator's running. And, you know, the the solid bedrock is, like, a good, like, amplifier. And so mm -hmm. it's just, like, amplifying those sounds up into your house like that. Yeah. You, you'd have no idea. No. Like, there are definitely times we kind of have like the highway close by yep. and not all times of the day, but like there's certain, you know, and there's certain types of like weather and temperature. I think that like sound can travel more easily. Right. Like I feel like I hear the highway sounds more in the summer, just when you tend to hear traffic sounds more. Like I can usually hear the traffic from the main street up the street more in the summer, just cause I feel like I don't know the science behind it, but there must be something about like the warmer air right. that it travels faster or further or something. But we can hear stuff like that. Some like just certain times of the day, you'll hear like a rumbling, and it's just the traffic moving, yeah. or it's them doing some kind of construction on the highway, and we just happen to hear it for like a chunk of the day. Right. Which again, it does. Knowing that this exists, I'm always like, when I start to hear it, I'm like, fuck. Here we go. Fuck. <laughs> no. Um. So yeah, one of the other possible explanations is nearby mechanical devices. Um. A majority of hums have not been traced to a specific mechanical source, but. Like, there was this case in Kokomo, Indiana, where they thought that there was, like, a hum being reported that was either coming from a nearby cooling tower or an air compressor intake. But they went and, like, corrected the two devices and the source, the reports were still happening. Hmm. So there were things like that where they kind of thought that they had pinned it down. Because typically, like, with that, it's got to be something kind of big right? Um, to be affecting, like, a whole community or a whole town. But that didn't help. Um, but there were a couple hums. There was a West Seattle hum that was traced to a vacuum pump used by Cal Portland to offload cargo from ships. So they replaced the silencers on the pump and then the cases ceased. Right. So they like figured that one out. Um, and then the Wellington hum was due to like a diesel generator on a visiting ship. So when the ship left, the hum went away. Right. Awesome. Um, and then there was a hum in Windsor, Ontario that was originated most likely from a steelworks on the industrial zone of Zug Island near Detroit. So this, like, blew my mind, partly because I was like, wait, Windsor, Ontario, and Detroit are, like, close enough? Oh, yeah. They fucking are. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. I looked at a map because I was like, wait, how far away is Windsor, Ontario from Detroit? Like, 20 minutes? Yeah. What the fuck? Oh, yeah. Canada, like, dips down between New York and Michigan. Didn't know that. Yeah. And there's a Detroit-Windsor tunnel. You just go from Windsor to Detroit. Yeah. What the hell? You knew this. You're I just like this. You're so unimpressed. This is the thing. I was like, what? It's one of those, it's one of those, it's like a, like a twin city kind of deal. That's crazy. Yeah. They're so close. It was amazing. Yeah, I had no idea. Geography, man. So, super cool. Um, yeah, there was a hum in Myrtle Beach that was suspected to have originated at this um, Santee Cooper substation two miles from the home of the couple who first reported it. Hmm. The substation had the largest transformer in the state. So, okay, I can see that. Um, another local couple sued the power company for the disruption of that the hum was causing to them. Um, it was louder inside their house than out. They believed their house like vibrated in resonance with the hum. 
Um, That's pretty key. The volume inside their house was measured at up to 64 decibels, which is roughly comparable to, like, the sound of, like, background conversation when you're at a restaurant. Like, pretty decent. Um, This was in 2014. They claimed the noise caused um, nosebleeds, tremors, spasms, and even two suicide attempts by the husband. Jesus. Yeah. That was, again, like, clearly linked to this substation. Yeah. And I didn't end up finding out what happened with that uh, lawsuit, but... Probably not much. Probably not much. Um, That's wild. So, yeah. Some also suspect, like, high-pressure gas lines, electrical power lines, wireless communication devices... There's a theory that it stems from low-frequency electromagnetic radiation, which is only audible to certain people. That would, that's would that been the whole time you've been describing this. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. The uptick in people experiencing the hum in all these different places could just be, like, cell phone towers or mm-hmm. just, like, the preponderance of, like, electronic devices that use electromagnetic power, generate yeah. electromagnetic power. Well, and stuff that ultimately you can't, like, really pin down. Right, and like, it'd be, be hard to measure, like, yeah. where is this coming from? Like, it's coming from everywhere. Everywhere. It's coming from the cell phone in your pocket. It's coming from, like, the air. Right. Yeah. Even the gas lines and stuff, like, you couldn't... Or power lines, like, those are everywhere. Right. And you can't pin down, like, oh, yeah, these people... Are, and, again, like, if only some people are hearing it anyways, you could have a whole community where, yeah, if 2% of people are hearing it, that's, like, a decent chunk of people, but not anywhere near the majority. Right. So there's no way to be like, oh, yeah, it's this big gas line. It's like, well... If it's the gas line, why aren't these other 98% of people hearing it? Right. So, um, one possible explanation for, like, a physical explanation is tinnitus, defined as the hearing of sound when no external sound is present. Right. Um, yeah, some report that it's not internal, that's worse inside their homes than out, although that still, to me, is supported because the whole idea of tinnitus, if you're hearing something, like, inside your head, essentially, right. if you're inside your home, you most likely have less background noise going on so So, you know if you're outside on the street and there's birds and there's cars and wind and whatever you probably would not hear it as much right Um, and some people say that soundproofing attempts only make it worse which again would support tinnitus um and tinnitus can be exacerbated by allergens which can be regional which could potentially explain why there's like certain communities that have a lot of hearers in them Hmm. um yeah some people think that it's like auditory hallucinations which can happen in like otherwise totally healthy people right Again, auditory hallucinations are similar even to, um, you know, ones that you see with your Vis- eyes. Visual hallucinations? Visual hallucinations. <laughs> I was reading somewhere uh, that, like, I forget what the percentage is, but it was saying that you think of any type of hallucination as being kind of that stereotypical, like, you see something crazy. Yeah. Like, you're out on the street and you see, like, a giant purple elephant. Right. But it said that a lot of visual hallucinations are something really simple, <laughs> like a street sign. Yeah. Um, where you might see that, you might have them every day, and you wouldn't even know it, because it's something like another snowbank, where there's already 50 snowbanks. Like, you're not going to know that you hallucinated one of those. Your brain's just, like, filling in the gaps with stimuli that it's already taken in and is familiar with, so it makes sense that it's stuff that you see a lot during the day. Exactly. Interesting. Which is crazy to think that you could just be hallucinating all the time. Hallucinating right now. You're hallucinating right now. You're used to seeing me across the table, and here I am. I'm just, like, I just, like, broke into your house. (laughs) I'm yeah. sitting at a table by myself. Yeah, and I'm not here, and you're just, like, podcasting alone. Yeah. Yeah. So, could be that. Um, which would also explain there are some hearers who move from where they live to escape the hum, and they still hear it wherever they end up. Which, again, would support tinnitus or a hallucination. Could also support all kinds of things. Could support the 
power lines, the wireless communication, like anything. Right. Um, some scientists say, so there's a thing called spontaneous auto-acoustic emissions, which is something that, like, up to 60% of adults experience. It's basically just noises generated by the ears themselves. Um, a lot of people aren't even aware of it. It's, and I think some of us probably are, and we just don't even think about it. Like, you know, if you're in complete silence and you hear, like, a really faint ringing noise or, like, a buzzing noise that's, like, just barely there. Yep. That's kind of some version of that, which can either just be like, you've been hearing noises all day and it's kind of like that. I don't know what you'd refer to that as. It would almost be like, like temporary tinnitus. Yeah, exactly. Where like your brain is just used to the stimuli of having like loud noises. And so it's almost like creating the noise to fill in the silence. Yeah. So some people just say that. I'm not a scientist and I'm not a doctor, so I don't know that's how tinnitus works. Are you sure? (laughs) The dude sitting across from me with like a hooded sweatshirt over his beanie is not a scientist. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. Listen, I just read a lot of Wikipedia entries. Yeah, it's true. I do too. So, and again, something we all experience, like if we both just sat here in silence, probably both of us would hear some... Like ringing or... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. But, you know, again, most people aren't aware of it or you hear it for like a second, but you don't think about it. Like I've had days where, you know, I have anxiety that doesn't manifest all the time, but you might have a day where your like anxiety is triggered by whatever. Mm -hmm. And hearing that noise, like you can just focus on it and then be like, fuck, what is that? Like, why won't it go away? And then Mm -hmm. you start to hear it when you're doing other things and you need to like put the TV on. And I can see the mental side of it where somebody could just get into that loop. Yeah. And then, like, you have anxiety all the time about it because you wake up in the morning, like, am I going to hear it? And then mm-hmm. generally that will trigger it's you like hearing it. It's like confirmation bias. And then exactly. And you start to hear it. So. Interesting. I could see that because, yeah, it exists all the time and most of us just, you're used to it. You hear it for a moment. You don't, like, think about it or process it that deeply. You're just like, yep, right. that's a thing that my brain does. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. normal. There's so many things that we go through during the day where you're just like, that's just a thing that happens in my life. Um, So animals have been part of some theories. There's so many theories for this. Um, One of the possible causes that they purported for the West Seattle hum was um, these midshipman fish, also known as toadfish. Um, There had been a previous hum in Sausalito, California, which is also on the West Coast, that was determined to be the mating call of the male midshipman fish. Interesting. But in that case, the hum was resonating through, like, the hulls of houseboats. So it was, like, the people that lived on the boats that were experiencing it. And so that was easily explained because they were in the water, resonating, whatever. But they kind of wrote that off for the West Seattle one because researchers determined that it wouldn't be possible for that kind of resonance to transmit inland very far at all. Right. So most of the cases were not applicable to that because they were so far away. Hmm. Um, And then one case was in a house was a wasp nest in a hollow wall. That'll do it. That'll. I would be so relieved, though, if you felt like heard that for weeks and then you were yeah. just like, oh, it's just some fucking Would wasps. you be relieved if you found a giant wasp nest <laughs> in your hollow wall? No. I guess it would depend on if I found it or if somebody else found it. Right. I guess you'd be relieved that you weren't experiencing the hum. But... Yeah. I'd probably be a little sad, though, because I bet that they probably just kill all those wasps. Yeah. I get sad even when Nate kills a wasp. Yeah. And wasps, he's... I'm, wasps are I am a very... Bastards. Like, I am an animal lover, and I have a hard time... Feeling empathy for wasps. Yeah, because they're assholes. They're such assholes. Nate such freaks out if there's like things. if a wasp gets in the house. It's like the one thing that Nate loses his mind. Yeah. But then he gets that fucking wasp spray. Yeah. That you know sprays like a thick. Yep. Fucking spray of it, and then he just like starts shooting it around, and I'm like, dude, not good. A, not good for humans, and like we have a dog. Yeah. And cats, like, what are you doing? But he just gets into this like 
psycho mode of like I have to kill that wasp, which I get because that wasp was gonna like attack us in the night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Terrible. There was like a wasp one time that just kept hovering by our side door. Mm-hmm. And it was like you'd come home and then like when you went to go inside, you'd have to like close the door really quick because he yeah. was just kind of like there. You know, like you get that suction from closing the screen door that yeah. like the wasp just gets pulled inside. Terrible. <laughs> so anyway, anyways. Um, there's other environmental factors that have been blamed. There's um, microseisms, these like faint low frequency tremors that can be generated by ocean waves. Okay. Which again doesn't explains maybe some areas of the hum, but not all, because I'm not a scientist. Right. But I would think that tremors made by ocean waves wouldn't necessarily affect people like in the center of the United States. Like New Mexico. Yeah, yeah. but I don't really know. <laughs> it's possible. Um, and then there's of course conspiracy theories. Yep. Actually, not as many as I hoped. The one general one that I couldn't really find too much, like, explanation for was just, like, the idea that there's either a UFO crash site somewhere that's, like, generating noise or that there's a UFO, like, hovering above areas, which is kind of cool to think Hmm. about. If we consider the fact that, like, aliens may have technology that we don't have, maybe technologies that exist in, like, the Star Trek world, you're not a part of, but I am. Where they could maybe have their UFOs cloaked so you couldn't see them. Right. It kind of connects to Skinwalker Ranch a little bit. A little bit. Right. Um, we'll get there. Oh, yeah. But, um, so the idea that maybe there could be a UFO hovering and, like, you couldn't see it, but it's up there. So, like, I, I understand that, but... <laughs> I understand <laughs> that, but... There... There'd have to be so many fucking cloaked... UFOs hovering well, exactly. 24-7 across the entire planet. Yeah. Just hovering. I would 100% buy this theory if there was just, like, one right. state or even, like, one part of the country. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, maybe there's, like, a massive UFO. Right. Just chilling. Right. Or even, like, a cloaked planet. Like, some alien planet. Right. Something. But the idea that it's happening all over the whole world? No. No. See, that's... My conspiracy theory for it, as I was listening to you talk, was... <laughs> Something like one of those um, government radar stations mm. where it's constantly beaming out like um, like there's like like the thing called like the Russian number station. Yeah. Where it's just like a voice reading or it's just like a, a low like buzz or like a hum mm. on this one radio station. And then like every once in a while a voice will kick in and just read off numbers <sighs> and then just go back to the hum. And I think it's even called like the buzz or the hum. Mm. Um but it's, you know, there's conspiracy theories about what it is. Like, it could be, like, you know, Russian spies. It's, like, a way of, like, communicating. Yeah. Like, who knows what. Um, but, like, that sounds more like what it would be. Like, some kind of, like, government, like, radar station somewhere. Or maybe multiple government radar stations across the planet that are beaming information either to spaceships or communicating with aliens or communicating with, like, predator drones or, like, you know, some kind of, like, military application. Yeah. Well, there is one theory kind of centered around that. Okay. There's one kind of military-ish one. Um, There's a geoscientist, David Deming, who is also a hearer, who began researching the anomaly in 2004, and he believes that it's due to very low-frequency VLF Mm -hmm. radio waves used by the U.S. military to communicate with submarines. Um, So that was one. And then, but there's another one. Um, the High Frequency Active Auroral Research Program, or HARP, HARP yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, has been a popular target. This government agency, they so they were originally created to analyze the ionosphere. Ionosphere. Ionosphere, yeah. And investigate the potential for developing ionospheric enhancement technology for radio communications and surveillance. 
Yes. It's basically a high power, high frequency transmitter in mm -hmm. Alaska. Look up uh, a picture Dakota. of HARP. Yeah. It's it's H A A R P. Yeah. Look it's, up a picture of it. You can see it. It's it's wild. It's, yeah, it's huge. Um, and yeah, so they believe that this agency, which I think is like, there's a research group or like a university or something in Alaska that's part of it, but it's also like the U.S. Navy and the U.S. Army, I think, yep. are all kind of like in on this together. And they, people, some people believe that they're conducting experiments which create the hum. Yes. Not necessarily experience to create the hum, but that they are behind it. There's also people who think that they uh, weaponize the weather. So Yes. Harp, <laughs> Harp supposedly is where the tsunamis that occur. Yes on like in Asian countries comes from harp because it's in Alaska situated in such a way that they could affect the weather or the the ground and cause earthquakes and tsunamis in various Asian countries. Mm. Um, oh yeah, you know. it's it's a target for conspiracy theorists for sure. Yeah. It was a big one. That was like a little too deep of a dive. Yeah. For this particular topic I was like, oh shit. That's a whole that's a whole episode in and of itself, harp. Yeah. But so some people believe that it's that interesting. And so, yeah, there's basically like a million. So you can see how like, yeah, if you had a hundred people affected, I feel like you could just break them into groups of like, okay, these 10 have tinnitus yes. for some fucking reason. Mm -hmm. These like five people heard a weird noise one day and they've never stopped thinking about it. Right. Like maybe these people actually do live close to some weird machinery that they haven't pinned down yet. I mean, yeah. if there's not a ton of people like that community in New Mexico, like reporting, having enough people and reporting their concerns to Congress, right. getting research done, they were able to come a little bit closer to figuring out what the fuck it was mm -hmm. because they actually had people come in to be like, let's check this out right. and try to pinpoint this because like, yeah, if it is something that's causing this, we want to figure it out and fix it. But if there's people like just a few people in a state or in an area, they're not going to have anybody researching for them. Right. And so like, again, how are you going to figure out? And again, yeah, it could just be, oh, you just have some shit happening near your house. Right. There's a power station that turned on at some certain point and yeah. the transformer's buzzing. Or, yeah. Yeah, I think multiple explanations for the hum is sort of the answer. Like, there's not one sort of catch-all, like, oh, I think no. this is what all of them are. Because no. it's such a, it's such a, um, like, vague set of, like, symptoms. Like, yeah. just hearing a low-frequency hum or like even hype it like the, the the types of hums that people hear are mm. very different as well. Very different. And I feel like if they were all from a like a single source that they would all be more consistent than they are. Right, like I could even excuse the description of the sound in the sense that like one of the articles I was reading was talking about like I don't even know if this could be an unknowable topic. I bet maybe it could. But so I've thought a lot about the idea that, like, I'm looking at this blanket, and it's yes. blue. Right. And I know what blue looks like. Right. And I know that this is, like, cream-colored, and this is white. Mm -hmm. And I know what those colors look like to me. Right. And you look and say, yeah, that's blue, and that's cream, and that's white. Mm -hmm. Does your blue look like my blue? There's no right. way we'd ever know. There's no way. Because if your blue from that blanket is similar to the blue in the sky and the blue in the ocean or whatever, right. those all look the same to you. Mm -hmm. But, like, your blue could look like my green, and there's no way to fucking know that. Right. And so somebody's worrying could sound like somebody's buzzing could sound like somebody's whatever. Right, it's all hyper-subjective. Exactly. Like, so that I could excuse, but the idea that, like, some people... I mean, some people don't even hear it all the time. They hear it, like, several days a week, but not every day. Some people hear it just at night. Some people hear it all day long. Some people hear it just inside, just outside. I mean, there's all kinds of... Like, those variables, to me, mean that it can't just be one government agency doing something or... Again, even if it's 
if all those people are hearing weird rumbling or something from uh, machinery, like right. that would vary too. If it was different types of machinery that operated at different times or whatever, like right. so yeah, there's a million different things, but it's unknowable in the sense that we'll probably never be able we'll to know, know exactly what's going on there. No. Another thing I was thinking of that could explain some of it. Um, I went on a deep dive on Wikipedia the other day about... Um, <laughs> it's like every day for you. It's every day. Um, about like questionable diseases that are not 100% confirmed by science. And that mm. there's debate among uh, doctors about whether or not they're real. Yeah. One of which is like electromagnetic sensitivity. Yes. So there is like this whole subgroup of people who feel like they can feel electromagnetic energy like if they could like feel a cell phone like yep. if you had it on the table you could they could like feel it in their head and in their body and feel like a tingling or like a pain and it causes headaches um and so these people go and they'll go out like into like the desert where there's like you know they'll like insulate their house in such a way that electromagnetic energy can't get in and they won't have cell phones and they won't have electricity and they'll live off the grid because it's the only way that they can feel like a sense of relief from this. Mm -hmm. um, and it's debated among doctors about whether or not it's like a real actual physical symptoms or if it's psychosomatic and you're just imagining that you're feeling these things. Yep. Um, but I could imagine, I could imagine that we humans have senses that we haven't proven with science yet. Yeah. Um, like the ability of some animals to read energy. Like I'm a big believer that like dogs especially and like animals will pick up on someone's energy or Oh yeah. And like I think we do it too subconsciously. Like we humans like you you just meet somebody and you're like something off about that person. Mm -hmm. And you don't you're not sure why. It's probably you're reading their energy and you're be able you're able to tell that there's something sketchy going on. Yeah. So I I, I could believe that we have sort of like mechanisms within our body to sense things that we haven't quite proven with science yet. And maybe something like the hum is a symptom of that part of our brain picking up on electromagnetic energy, vibrations, whatever, in the atmosphere that there's so much more of now because yep. of cell phone towers and cell phones and just the abundance of consumer electronics. Exactly. I could totally see that that could be a symptom of that. Yeah, there's so many things in the like electronic world that are relatively new in existence. Oh, yeah. And, like, if this started in the 70s and then, like, more people picked it up, like, in the 90s and now it's just become more widespread, mm -hmm. that would go perfectly along with that. And with the electromagnetic sensitivity thing, there's a woman on the show Afflicted. Yeah. Which is a great show, by the way. It's very interesting. The whole show is people who are afflicted with, basically, disorders that aren't proven by science. And really sucks for a lot of them because, like, they're just going through, like, doctor after doctor after doctor um, to figure out what's wrong with them. And there's a lot of criticism of the show because, again, essentially the show was kind of made to seem like it was going to be, like, an unbiased ex exploration of these disorders. Right. One of which was that disorder. Um, but it kind of ended up turning out to be essentially made to make these people look crazy. Yeah the whole thing, like, there were a lot of quotes taken out of context, and there was a lot of dialogue from those people and, like, their doctors and, like, actual medical reports that backed up their claims that weren't included that um, really kind of made them seem illegitimate, yeah. which is really a shame. Because I do believe in a lot of that stuff. And that, in particular, like, there was a woman on there who she, yeah, she moved by herself, like, away from her husband to a community where she had done some research to make sure that there were, like, no cell phone towers within, like, a certain 
range of where she was going to go. Like she picked this community and there were other people who lived there who felt that they were afflicted with the same disorder. Hmm. And she was willing to like leave her husband, you know, to be like, you can come with me if you want, but I'm going to get away from this stuff. Like she was very, like she would get affected by the film crew being around her for too long. Like they had to put their cell phones in their cars. She wouldn't allow certain things in her house. Like she had no, any source of electricity in the house, like would be, she had certain like things she could plug into the, plugs that would like diminish things like that like she had all kinds of stuff but she really believed that she felt headaches and like got like feverish and you know that it diminished her health to be around electronics yeah and like she couldn't be on a computer there were yeah so i i have to think that there are people who are more sensitive to that stuff i mean and i'm sure there's different factors that go into it i mean i have days where i'm at the computer just for a little bit and i start feeling like shit oh yeah just being at the computer and it's like who knows like is that me staring at that type mm-hmm. of light and like reading things is that just it could be a whole lot of things but i mean i feel like if, I, if, if i'm laying in bed sometimes and i have my cell phone up near my head or if i have like my cell phone under my pillow yeah i feel like i can feel it mm-hmm. and i don't know if that's psychosomatic like i'm I, I know my phone's there so my brain is like telling me that yeah or if it's legitimately like some sort of like physical sensation being picked up on my brain i could really see both i could see yeah. both sides of that yeah so that's that's the big question of it it's just that like yeah, all of those things. I mean, even some of the physical symptoms could be psychosomatic. I mean, you can manifest very real physical symptoms from anxiety. Oh, yeah. So if you got yourself worked up about that and were convinced that, yeah, cell phones and computers and lamps and all that stuff was causing you pain. Right. A certain type of personality and a certain type of, like, mental state to begin with could run with that. Right. And at some point, like you're not even lying anymore. Like you do get a headache sitting on the computer, even for a few minutes or having a cell phone near you. Like you manifest that. So anyway, it's interesting show. Yeah. An interesting idea. And I do think, like you said, it's all so relatively new that who knows what kind of effect it has on us. We still don't know for sure. People talk about cell phones causing like brain tumors. We don't even know that for sure. Right. Or not. We haven't had them long enough and been using the frequency. In like, 50 years, we're going to look back at us, like, having cell phones in our pockets every day and be like, it'll be like us looking back at people smoking yeah. on airplanes. We're going to be like, I can't believe people carried cell phones around all the time. All the time. Like, that was so dangerous. Yeah. Like, what were we thinking? scary shit, actually. Right. Because right. people are like, oh, that's crazy. Like, of course they don't. Like, do we all have brain tumors? And it's like, A, do you fucking know what the inside of your brain looks like right now? Right. And B, it hasn't necessarily been long enough. Right. There's not a long enough, like, longitudinal study. Yeah. Like, when you start looking into, um, so right now, like, cell phones run on 4G networks, um, and right now they're trying to develop 5G networks. Supposedly, they've done experiments with 5G, and it causes, like, actual burns to, like, skin. Um, it, it'll, it'll, like, kill small animals. The, fi- the 5G, like, radio tower transmitter will, like, kill small animals and cause, like, radiation burns. Holy shit. Those could just be apocryphal tales, and they could just be, like people trying to scare you but i could totally see because like it's literal radiation yeah like it's not it might not be like gamma rays coming from like an x-ray machine but it's, it's radiation that is beaming all around this room right now mm-hmm. and you know like just because we haven't proven that it's dangerous to us doesn't mean it's not exactly so yeah not, not to be alarmist or anything <laughs> <laughs> it's stuff that i think about frequently enough not frequently enough to not use my phone all the time right but frequently enough that I don't know. I have occasional thoughts 
being pregnant right now that like, should I really hold my phone like directly over my stomach if I'm mm-hmm. texting? Like maybe I shouldn't do that. Maybe I should mm-hmm. hold it to the side. Not that it's so far away that it's going to not do anything, but like, right. do I want that? Like, I don't know, beaming through my stomach necessarily. Yeah. Like maybe, maybe not. Yeah. But again, we, yeah, we just don't know. Something to think about. So yeah, something to chew on. So hopefully you can see the, the connection that we drew between Polybius and the hum. Yeah. Polybius is kind of a, you know, government conspiracy tale of, like, intrigue, and the hum very well could be either a natural phenomenon or a government conspiracy. Yep. I think they're related in some kind of spiritual way. I think it works. Yeah. It totally works. I think so. It didn't connect as seamlessly as I thought it may in the end, but it totally works. But that's part of the experience of delving into unknowable topics. Sometimes you think it's going to go in one direction and then it goes in a totally different direction. It's unknowable unknowable. to know how it'll connect. So that's episode 17. Episode 17. Polybius and the home. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Unknowable. 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 Love you.